This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that Jesus left heaven to die in our place. And uh, Lord, we, we're just amazed. We stand amazed. Lord, and the, and the mercy and the love and the grace that, uh, that Jesus showed. Lord, now open our hearts, open our minds as we open your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you turn, please, in your Bible to the last chapter in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3. It's not a very long book, three chapters, Habakkuk chapter 3, but it's, um, it's a remarkable book. Uh, because Habakkuk is a, uh, a remarkable person, and uh, we don't know very much about him as a person, but we know a lot about what God's heart was through him as he was such a faithful prophet. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. This is a prayer. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon Shigionath. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember in mercy. God came from Timon, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens. The earth was full of his praise. His brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence, and burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Kushan in trouble, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea? that thou didst ride upon horses and thy chariots of salvation. Thy bow was made quite naked, according to the old paths of the tribes, even thy words, Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. Thou, the mountains, saw thee, and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered his voice and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for the salvation of thine anointed. 
Thou woundest the head of all the out of the house of the wicked, thou, by discovering the foundation unto the next, Selah. Thou didst strike through with thy, his staves, the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was as to devour poor secretly. Thou hast walked through the sea with thine horses, through the heap of the deep waters. When I heard, my belly trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might not rest in the day of trouble when he cometh up unto the people. He will invade them with his troops, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no fruit. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He'll make my feet like hinds feet. He'll make me to walk upon high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. So as I mentioned here, this is the last chapter in a very interesting book, the book of Habakkuk here. And as Habakkuk is coming now to his, this, this final chapter, you really get the feeling that he's brought it all together. He, 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 he has, there's a, cons, there's a feeling of consummation here. There's a, there's a feeling that Habakkuk can say, I did my job. Just like Paul said when he said, I ran the course. He told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6, 7 Timothy 4, 6, 4, 6, Paul said, I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. It's a wonderful thing in life what Paul did because he's got an eye on the three times. He's got an eye on the future, he's got an eye on the present, and he's got an eye on the past. And what Paul is saying there is that from my present right now, I'm ready. I'm ready to depart. The time of my departure is at hand. I am now ready to be offered. And then he looks back over the past over his life, and he says, I did it. I did what I was supposed to do. I have fought a good faith. I have finished the, my course. I have kept the faith. What he goes on to say in that passage is now looking at the future. He says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give to me. So he's got an, it's a wonderful thing in life to be able to look at the present and to say, I'm ready to be offered. And to be able to look at the past and said, I did the will of God and be able to look to the future and say, all I see is wonderful things happening, wonderful things happening. What a life. This is what the prophet Habakkuk did. He's finished his course that God called him to, and he ends this life, he ends this chapter like he's ending his life with a prayer. This chapter is a prayer. It's a personal prayer, all prayer is personal. It's a personal prayer. It's a personal communication between one man, Habakkuk, and his God. And our privilege this morning is to be able to see his prayer, to see what he said from his heart as Habakkuk prayed to God. We don't know what God said in reply. That's not here. 
There are no words from God in this chapter. And the first words of this chapter set it out when he says, he says he wants us to know that he is praying this prayer and he's praying it as a prophet, as a prophet. Verse one, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. He's telling us, he's showing us here, he's, he's illustrating for us what a prophet does. A prophet prays, a prophet prays. That's just not how we're normally used to thinking about prophets. Prophets, we're usually used to thinking about prophets, well they preach, they declare, they say, thus saith the Lord. That's a prophet. The priests, the priests pray, that's what they do. We think of prophets, they represent God to the people, and therefore we expect them to say, thus saith the Lord. A priest, on the other hand, represents the opposite direction, people to God. Therefore, we expect to see priests praying. But here, Habakkuk, the prophet, is praying. And it shows us, when we kind of look at, at the life of, of Habakkuk and all the prophets, we can see that their lives can be described by four words, four words which describe the life, the goal, the work of a prophet. First, the prophet sees. He has things revealed to him. Amos 3.7, Amos 3.7 says, surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The prophets have things revealed to them. They have their eyes open. That's why in the prophets, you oftentimes read about, I saw Isaiah, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Ezekiel, he saw these great images. All the prophets see things that others don't see. So the first role, primary role of a prophet is to see, to see what God opens their eyes to, be, to see. The second role of a prophet is not to be quiet about it. The second role of a prophet is to warn. Now, a word that expresses warning that's used throughout the prophets is the word woe, woe. That's a word that's used most in the Bible by the prophets, especially the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah. Isaiah 3.11, for example, Isaiah 3.11, Isaiah says, woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. That's the second role of a prophet, warn. And oftentimes they use that word woe in order to warn. The third role of the prophet was not just to be a prophet of doom, but the third role was the word that's described as guide, guide. Prophets were not just prophets of doom, but the prophet was therefore guiding the people to safety. As we see the prophet Isaiah doing in telling the people to follow God when he said in Isaiah 58, 11, very typical of a prophet, Isaiah 15, 11, the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. That's why the book of Isaiah and the other books of the prophets are so encouraging because they show the wrong way but they also show the right way and what comes. 
But prophets not only see, they not only warn, they not only guide, but they also do what this prophet's doing, they pray. Then that shows the prophet was not an insensitive rock to just see and warn and, and, and guide because when the prophet saw, he warned. And when the prophet warned, he guided. And when the prophet guided, he prayed. He prayed. And those are the four words, therefore, that describe the work of the prophet. Those same four words are what God wants to see in our lives. He wants us to see. Jesus said on the, on the subject of us seeing, he said in, in John 16, 12, John 16, 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. He is itching to show us more. He just, but he's saying, you're just not ready yet, but I want you to be. So the Lord wants to show us, and like the prophet, when we see, God wants us to warn. He told Ezekiel in Ezekiel 33.7, Ezekiel 33.7, he told the prophet Ezekiel, see thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Wherefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me, and we are to warn. There's something to be warned about. Just as sure as there's a heaven, there's a hell. And just as sure as there's a heaven that people should be guided into, there's a hell that people should be warned about. And when we warn, God wants us to guide at the same time. As he said in Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15, this is the, really the gospel command is a command to guide. When he said in Mark 16, 15, he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So as prophets, we guide the lost to Jesus Christ. We guide the lost to Jesus Christ. When, <clears throat> when God spoke to the Prophet Paul, we oftentimes call him the Apostle Paul, he's a prophet. When God spoke to the prophet Paul, he said about his life and the commission that he gave him in his life in Acts 23, 26, 17. Acts 26, 17, he told Paul that he had delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. See, he told Paul, he says, Paul, I delivered you for a purpose. I delivered you so that I could send you and I send you to open the eyes that are closed with sin, to turn the souls that are trapped by darkness into a realm of light, to turn the souls from being under the power of Satan to God, so that all of this to enable lost souls to receive forgiveness and inheritance, to, and all of this, Paul, is found in me, in Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm sending you 
to turn the lost to Jesus Christ. So that after we've seen, after we've warned, after we've guided, then God wants us, like a prophet, to pray, to pray. He said in 1 Timothy 2.1, 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All men. He said all men. That means our lost friends. When they, when something good happens to our lost friends, we have responsibility to give thanks to God for that. When, when we see our lost friends going in the wrong way, we have a responsibility to intercede for them, to talk to God, to pray to God, to beg God, supplications for them. That's why he says, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men. God only knows how much the world really depends on our prayers. We don't know. Just as in the life of there was a man named Abimelech, and, and he, was, he was so dependent on the prayers of Abraham that his life depended on it. His life depended on the prayers of another man, Abraham, when he said, in, it, when, when, it, when, when, when God came to Abimelech at night and told him that in Genesis 20, verse three, Genesis 20, verse three, God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she's a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, this is Sarah, and he said, Lord, will thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she's my sister, and she even herself said, she's my, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore, restore the man his wife, for he's a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that is thine. God represented Abraham as a prophet. Whoever thought of Abraham as a prophet? That's what God said in verse seven, in Genesis 20, verse seven. Genesis 20, verse seven. He is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee. And so Habakkuk now goes on in his prayer, and he prays to God in verse two. He says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. When the, the Hebrew word for speech, for speech, when he says, I have heard thy speech, is the word Shema. It's the word Shema. It's the word Shema. Shema means to hear. Shema can also mean to call. So in other words, Habakkuk is saying, I heard your call. I heard your call. This is what happens to a person when they're saved. They hear the call of God. They stop hearing our calls, and they hear the call of God. And that's what happens to a person when they obey God. They hear the call of God. Like the hymn says, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. We had a missionary one time, I believe he was to Indonesia, 
and to the natives of Indonesia. And that missionary had a practice that, that in the evenings he would gather those illiterate uh, who couldn't, natives who couldn't read together at night, and he would read to them from the Bible. And I remember the missionary wrote us a letter and said that, that the, the natives gave a, a title to the meetings that they would have at night. And they said, the natives gave the title, we're going to the God Talk meeting, the God Talk meeting, because they understood that when the Bible was read to them, God was talking to them. And the only reason that Habakkuk heard God because, because he said, I heard you talk, I heard you call, I heard your Shema in verse two. And because of that, that's why he moved on. And why did he hear, how did he hear God talk? How did he hear God's call? He heard it because in the chapter before, in Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, in the first verse of the second chapter, Habakkuk said he would did something. And what he did is he said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. Habakkuk heard God because Habakkuk had set himself to be on a watch to hear God. Habakkuk had set himself like a guard on a tower of a city to hear what God was gonna say to him. And that's the only way that you and I are gonna hear God's talk to us and we're gonna be able to say, verse two, chapter three, verse two, oh Lord, I have heard thy speech, I have heard thy speech. It's because we have first said in our hearts, Verse that chapter two, verse one, chapter two, verse one, I will stand upon my watch and I'll set me upon the tower and I'll watch to see what he will say unto me. In other words, in other words, it's the same thing of what Moses told Israel in Deuteronomy 4.29, Deuteronomy 4.29, seek the Lord thy God, if thou shalt find them. If, thou, if you seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And then the next verses, Habakkuk then speaks of the, the greatness of God. All of this chapter is speaking about the greatness of God. And Habakkuk lands, in particular, he's going through, he's referring to different times in the history of Israel. And he lands on this time when Joshua was fighting, was fighting the battle with the Amorites. In the middle of that battle, Joshua was so excited about how God was giving the victory, and he was realizing that if the sun goes down, and if there's a moon, then the enemy's gonna escape. So Joshua, in his boldness, he sits there and he commands, sun and moon, stand still. And that's what he's referring to in verse 11. Verse 11, the sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of thy glittering sword. That was all happened in Joshua 10, verse 12. Joshua 10, verse 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it ever or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. This was all to prevent the enemy from, from having the benefit of night to escape. And God did it. 
Now Habakkuk really reaches high when he says about God in verse 13, verse 13, thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for the salvation of thine anointed. Thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked. The prophet is now, again, he's drawing from the history of Israel. He's drawing from the history we have in the Bible. And as he draws from it, the history of how God came from heaven to deliver Israel out of Egypt, this should always be on our minds. I love the holiday of Passover. I love the holiday of Passover. Not so that I can eat gefilte fish and all these other kind of things. No, just to remember how God came from heaven to deliver Israel. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.